Thank you for singing, uh, singing with us. You know, I was, I was thinking earlier just how many memories are packed into a night like this. You ever thought about that? And sometimes I, I, I wonder, like, what will it be like looking back on this moment in time 10 years from now? Because every year we, we enter into the same tradition that's, that's wrapped up in memories, don't we? We stop the, the hustle and bustle of the season. We, we finally hit the pause button and now we, we gather up just to hear the story again. And with that story comes memories. Joseph and Mary holding this newborn child wrapped up in, in humble rags. The wise men following this star from afar, right? Coming to, to find this newborn king. The, the shepherds wondering at this spectacle of angels in the night sky, racing to see who this might be. Tonight we tell the greatest story ever known in the history of humankind. But tonight, I don't want us to just talk about the story. I want us to talk together about what it means, why it matters. So for just the next, next few minutes, I want to show you something in the book of Galatians. We're going to put it up on the screens here. Galatians 4. Galatians 4, chapter, or chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And as we read this aloud together, I want you to think about God's perfect timing with me. God's perfect timing. So let me open us up in prayer, and then we'll jump in. Pray with me. God, we thank you for this moment in time, Lord, where we gather together to remember the, the greatest day, the greatest hour the world has ever known. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your son and Jesus Christ. And so we, we ask, Lord, would you give us focus now? All the distractions of the, the holidays have been upon us, Lord, but now for the next few minutes, help us to hear from you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen, amen. Look at this with me. Chapter four, verse four. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. There's a lot of verbiage in there, but this is what I want us to focus on tonight. This, this is the Christmas verse for 2021, okay? Look at this on the screens. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Say it with me. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. They say timing is everything, right? And you know, when it comes to Christmas, I, I think that's true, right? You can make a good argument. Christmas is all about the right timing, just take Christmas dinner, for instance. I've always marveled at how, you, how do you get the prime rib and the, the potatoes, the rolls, the green beans, all out on the table at the same time with just the right temperature, right? I've never figured out how to do that. A few years ago, my parents bought this stick thermometer, you know, to put into the roast, right? It was one of those that you, you put in the oven. It's for the in-oven thermometer, except that it wasn't an in-oven thermometer. We just thought it was. So when the time came, right, we pulled the roast out of the oven, and guess what we had? We had a roast covered with this nice glaze of plastic. Christmas and timing go hand in hand. In my grandparents' house, I, I could never fall asleep on Christmas Eve. I still can't. The struggle is real. Right? There's, there's too much excitement in the air. And just outside my, my room, my grandparents had this grandfather clock. It would chime on the hour, and I'd listen for it and wait. Dong, one o'clock. Dong, dong, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, just 
waiting for that, that moment to arrive. There's not a child in this room, probably not a child in this nation that's not waiting for that, that moment. The clock finally strikes, and whether parents, you, whether you stayed up all night rapping or not, they don't care, it's game time. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Just marinate on those words with me for a minute. They teach us something important about this night, about Christmas. See, the first lesson is obvious, right? With the, with the birth of Christ came the fullness of time. We get that, that's easy. But if that's true, hear this. That also means that before the Christmas morn, there must have been something missing, something not full, something empty. God sent his son in the fullness of time. That means there must have been a time on earth where life was incomplete, where there was something void, something lacking. You ever waited for that right time to arrive? You know, maybe you've worked all year long building up your, your customer base, right? Just waiting to cash in on the commission. Or maybe as a college student, you studied for hours and you pulled these all-nighters. You crammed and crammed and crammed, took all the, the final exams, and now you wait for the grade. Or since it's Christmas, let's just talk about newborn cliches for a minute. Can we do that? You know, when a new couple finds out that they've got one on the way, there's this, this prepping that begins to take place. They call it nesting. You feel me? First comes the, the furniture shopping, then the, the room gets painted, the name goes up on the wall, the crib gets put together just right. You gotta throw those pictures up on social media so everybody knows. Except for then for months, the room sits empty, doesn't it? No matter what you do, the, the room is incomplete, right? There's a hollowness to it. There's a, a waiting. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. See, from the beginning of life on this earth, right, the, the story of our faith tells us there were these two people. They were walking in the fullness of time with God. Life was bliss. It was complete. In the Garden of Eden, there, there was this array of every good thing you can imagine. But then you know the story. There came this one bite of the forbidden fruit, the forbidden tree, and from that place entered this thing called sin into the world. And ever since that moment, our world has been lost in emptiness, unfilled, sorrow, pain, suffering, struggles, shadows, darkness. There is not a person on this planet that hasn't either fallen into it or experienced the result, the fallout from that bite. Humans and their, their sin, we could no longer dwell with our creator, right? We can't as sinful beings be in the same place as our, our creator and his holiness. So for thousands of years, the world just sat waiting, a pregnant pause, longing for this, this answer to this eternal problem that every culture, every religion, every language knows about. We know that life isn't as it should be. We've spent our history trying desperately to, to fix this unfilled life on our own. Right? If we just try harder, maybe we can, we can get things better. Or if we just work at it a bit longer, like maybe, maybe with time we can rebuild what was lost. Time and time again, history has proven to us this isn't the case. Sometimes I think it's, it's almost as if the, the harder that we try, the, the worse things become. So nearly a thousand years before Christmas, right? And, and thousands of years after that fall from humanity, God makes this promise to his people. He's gonna come and make it all right. Look at this, we already read it this, this, this evening in Isaiah 9. He said, the people who walk in darkness, they're gonna see a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep shadows on them, the light has shone. 
And then Isaiah, he gets really specific. He says, and this is what it looks like. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be resting on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The waiting game continued. For nearly a thousand years, nothing. Israel, God's people, they, they sat waiting from generation to generation, year after year. They sat longing for this fulfillment of time to come, hoping, praying, expecting. And then things got worse. For 400 years before Christ was born, God went entirely silent. There wasn't a prophet on this earth that spoke of God's word. There wasn't a scripture written for 400 years. From the prophet Malachi all the way forward to Jesus, not a word spoken from the Lord. Life was incomplete. It was hollow. It was shadows. It was almost as if God had forgotten his people altogether. But when the fullness of time had come, say it with me, God sent forth his son. See, as you look over your life and you think about that sentence, let me just ask you, like, what, what is it that feels incomplete to you? Where do you feel like maybe I've got something unfilled inside of me? Or, or where is there a void staring back at your face and in your direction? An emptiness, maybe a longing that you know needs to be filled. And do you realize that the fullness of time has come? See, in the perfect moment, not too early, not a second too late, God was working this plan of redemptive history. And in the greatest commission we've ever seen, he sends his son. Our lesson tells us Jesus was born of a woman. That part's really important, right? Because that means God took on flesh. He didn't look at our problem with disdain or, or judgment. He, he didn't deal with us from afar. He wrapped himself in skin and bone, submitted himself under the law that you and I couldn't have filled. And on that first Christmas, in the fullness of time, came this light to overwhelm the world. Such that when judgment does come, Jesus is near. In the book of Matthew, the, the angel Gabriel, he tells Joseph, he says, by the way, Make sure, Joseph, to call him Jesus. You know why? Because he'll be the one to save the people from their sins. Scholars, they argue how perfect this moment of God's timing really was. On the timeline of history, right, there, there really wasn't a better time for Jesus to arrive. They say the world was in a peaceful place. It was called Pax Romana. Remember that from the history courses? School, Pax Romana. It was this impeccable timing, right? There was this overarching power of Rome, which meant freedom of travel unlike any time in the history of the world before. Caesar had capitalized with these miles and miles of roads connecting peoples and cultures. At the same time, there was this Greek culture thriving, right? Which meant Greek language was also moving along those roads, ready to pass the message. The prophets had given prophecies for years and years and years, which meant... There was a foretelling of the day that this would come. There were people waiting. Things were ripe for the message to arrive. All the infrastructure in place. But hear me out. That's not the point. The point at Christmas is that no matter how long we wait, God's timing is perfect. And in the fullness of time, God keeps his promise. And in keeping his promise, he sends forth his son. See, there was the world before Christ, right? Empty, lost, shady, hopeless, dark. And then there was the world after Christ, same dark world. But now comes light and hope. I'll ask again, the question for us, I think tonight, though, is do you trust in God's timing? 
See, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary, told her, you're going to be a mother, like, think of how off that time was. She could have easily said, no, this isn't going to work for me. I'm a single woman. I'm betrothed. I'm engaged. I'm not married. They kill women for this. It isn't going to work. Come see me in a year, Gabriel. Joseph, he could have dismissed the word altogether. You know, in that culture, no young man wants that burden of shame carried on him. Look, let's just wait till we, wait till we put the, the ring on the finger and then we'll do this, Gabriel. But that's not what they said. And then 40 weeks later, after that announcement, Caesar Augustus sends out this decree that everyone had to go back to their hometown. Timing was horrible. Joseph and Mary are now gonna have a, a baby on the road. And yet when the totality arrived, right? When the clock struck 12, when the fullness of God's time, Mary and Joseph were all in. I love that phrase, when the clock strikes. You ever notice how in the movies, whenever you hear that phrase, there's like an ominous tone to it? Anybody watch Home Alone lately? Like Kevin, his bedtime is nine o'clock, right? So when the clock strikes nine, what happens? The, The music begins to crescendo, the robbers are coming in. That's a violent movie, isn't it? The older I get. But he cocks that BB gun, the music's playing. You can feel the urgency. He goes, this is it. Don't get scared. And Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, 1843, every time the clock strikes, there's a new lesson for the man. And Cinderella, it's not a Christmas movie, but just humor me for a minute. The clock strikes 12, right? And what's supposed to happen? The carriage turns into a pumpkin. The horses turn into mice. The dress to rags. See, but the Christmas story is the opposite of that. It's the antithesis of that, right? When the clock strikes, when the fullness of time had come, God sends forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? So that you and I might be redeemed. February 3rd of last year, a woman by the name of Sarah Pasucci had gotten a letter in the mail. It was an anonymous note from her neighbor. It said, dear Sarah, listen to this. It's now Valentine's Day. It's been over a month since Christmas. So for the sake of all of us, take your Christmas lights down. (laughs) The neighbor was convinced Sarah's timing was off. So she she sent a nasty gram back. But what this this neighbor didn't know was that Sarah's timing was actually spot on. Sarah's father had helped her put up the Christmas lights just before the holiday. But right after that, he died. Just a week after that, Sarah's aunt who lived with them, she passed away too. And so Sarah was lost in grief. There's no way she was going to pick up these lights. She couldn't pick up the pieces. So Sarah wrote a note to this anonymous nasty gram and put it on social media. It said this, whoever you are, I'm sorry. You should know my family has been preoccupied with funeral arrangements, utility payments, and unimaginable grief. So you're right. We hadn't gotten to taking the decorations down this year. We'll do our best in the days to come. Soon after, the post went viral and the entire town began to hear the news of what had happened to this woman. Sarah's neighbors were so touched by the stories that dozen of them, they began to set up a coordinated plan. But the plan wasn't maybe what you think it was. It wasn't to go help Sarah take the Christmas decorations down. It was for the entire neighborhood and the entire town to go into their attics and grab their Christmas decorations and put them back out. And though it was February, though the, the timing seemed completely off by all human standards, one by one, they began joining her and rejoicing again in the Savior's birth. 
See, for one neighbor, the timing's all wrong, right? Get those lights off your house. But for the others, the, the ones who truly understand Christmas, we realize that joy is so much more than a memory to be boxed up and wait for next year. I mean, look at how perfect God's plan is. I want you to see the impeccable timing of the Lord. Look at this in Romans 5, 6. Romans 5, 6 tells us the same child, the same boy who was born at the right time on Christmas Day in the fullness of God's time died for us. At just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. I'm gonna invite the band to come back up here in a minute. As I do that tonight, though, I want you to hear this invitation, hear this Christmas note. For the one who puts their faith in Jesus Christ, as Brian said, the wait is over. The fullness of time has come. And even though we might walk through a valley of shadows, even though we might struggle with sorrows and pains, when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you now walk with the brilliance of light. And even though you might face hardships and trials, wherever you go, you now carry the joy and hope and peace of his love. Friends, the same God that promised us a child, the same God that fulfilled it on Christmas Day has told us he's coming again to take every wrong of this life and finally make it right. When we hold that candle in the air in a minute and you see how the glow pierces the darkness, hear this, there is no better time, no greater moment, no better memory to be made than for you to give your life to him. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. God, we thank you that in the fullness of time, at just the right moment in this history, you sent forth Jesus Christ. Lord, to not only be, be born for us as Emmanuel, God with us, which is unfathomable, but also, Lord, that you would make a way where there was no way and that at just the right time, he would die for us. So Lord, we pray tonight as we continue to worship you that you would help us, Lord, help us to know what it is to have the light of Christmas with us the hope that goes beyond all struggles, all sorrows, all pain. Lord, would you help us to know deep inside what it is to stand in the fullness of your time. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen.